Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 58, recording on Thursday afternoon, right between the, the – I'm a big fan of this doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheader. Yeah, we're, love the seven-inning games. We're between games, we're coming off an electric Will Myers walk-off. The Padres covered the run line, so I was happy about that. Would you say that was the best game all year? Most fun? Or the Oof. Slam Diego games? Oh, wait. So uh, thanks for your, your phone call interrupting the show there. Why? Because you weren't recording? No, I was recording. Oh, okay. And now I, I pause it and we're recording again. And Are we all... starting over? No, we're leaving this all in. What? <laughs> so was this the most exciting uh, game of the year? I kind of want to say yes, although I'll be honest, I turned the game off for like a big chunk of it. Wow. I think most people did. Not a believer. Fuck you. You did too. No, I didn't. didn't I was the in the game. car. <laughs> you were in the car. Yeah, you drove You drove to the studio because you knew we were down uh, four runs or uh, – I had to yeah. listen to Uncle Teddy call the game. Yeah, anyway. Um, was the most exciting game? I'd say that whole Grand Slam stretch we had, each of those games, was, like collectively, I don't think you can beat that. Yeah, the Manny walk-off Grand Slam, yeah. which I thought he was going to do a, another one today. I was like disappointed that he <sighs> that didn't hit, uh, tied yeah, the game. Would have tied it. I was like disappointed he didn't hit a Grand Slam. <laughs> That's how like crazy the season has been. And then the, the fourth game of that, uh, stretch we were in where Hosmer gets up with the bases loaded and you have the chance to break the record, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard for, unless we get into the postseason to make a lot of noise. I don't think anything we do will beat that four game stretch. I think okay. That's fair. I mean, today was pretty close. That was, thrilling. it was. And I, luckily I got to the office and turned it back on just as Cronenworth was up. So busy, busy day. We've got another seven inning game right now. And I want I want more seven inning doubleheaders. I think we should implement this full time starting next year. What forward. like every Sunday is seven inning doubleheaders or any, something? I think they should work more off days in the schedule and then work in a couple doubleheaders into the schedule for every team, and then each of those doubleheaders is a seven inning game. They're really fun. Yeah, I don't hate it. All right, we'll talk more about that later. Anyway, this is episode fifty eight, and it's the most popular time of the year. I was trying to – I can't really do the Christmas. It's the most popular. No? Wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> I know. Uh, not doing wonder. I did that on purpose, but I'll lead off base it for uh, the Mariners here in game two. It's, page, it's trade speculation season. That's what I was trying to get at with that intro. So I think that's the most fun time of year for fans other than the first you – know, when spring training starts, it's really fun. Or when opening day happens, it's really fun. But – I think during the season, it's the it's the the trade deadline. That's when we all become armchair GMs, and we all have these trades we throw out. And you know, we're smart, you're dumb kind of mentality. Like we should do something here. We, we need a pitcher. No, we need a hitter. Uh, here's my trade. Uh, oh, your trade's dumb. I'm going to dump on your trade. Um, it doesn't get any better than that for people on Twitter, at least. So on today's show, we're going to talk about trades and what is the rotation going to look like. Going into the playoffs. So I was talking to our friend um, in our, our Padres group chat 
about, uh, you know, the pitching is, has struggled lately, the starting pitching. And Lamette, who went today, has some very obvious flaws that reminded me a lot of when Tyson Ross was cruising, you know, throws a lot of pitches, can't get out of the fifth. Runners can go on him all day, you know, stealing second, stealing third. It doesn't matter. He can't hold a runner. So is that going to be a problem facing Lamette long term? He definitely has issues. As electric as he can be, he has issues. Um, do we trust Garrett Richards going forward? One of the most injury prone pitchers in the league. Paddock has really struggled. So we were talking about if the playoffs started tomorrow and in this magical world where everybody would be on full day's rest, who would be like your horses going into the postseason? So, and I say that um, because I don't even know if we're going to have playoffs going forward starting uh, as of today, because at this point with the way the news has been going, there's something different every day. And um, we're, we're not going to talk politics on the show at all because that's not what you're here to listen to. And that's not what we want to talk about, but there's news every day about uh, something happening in our, our world and it's affecting sports and whether it's games being canceled individually or postponed or uh, the NBA was very close to canceling the whole season. Like this could happen. It could be a COVID thing. It could be a, a police violence thing. You never know what's going to happen. And will that affect our, our playoffs? I don't know. But if the Potters do make the playoffs and, there is a playoffs, what would the rotation look like? And who would you want to be? You know, typically it's, you, you rely on three starters and then the other guys become long guys, swing guys, um, stuff like that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we're going to do at the trade deadline. That's the big one. So Wade and I have each prepared a couple guys to talk about trade candidates. Um, we're going to talk about prospects because most likely we're going to have to use this Preller trade capital stockpile that he has to acquire prospects uh, for a few different reasons. Um, one being money. So this year, the way the finances are working, you know, all the players have had to take pay cuts. A lot of the teams are losing money. Um, you're you're going to have to work with teams in a way, like if you're taking on salaries, uh, the team that you're getting the player from is most likely going to have to to help you out with the salary relief. So we're gonna talk about that. Anyway, we're gonna talk about a couple different guys, talk about prospects, um, and then see what, if anything is a good fit. And then you guys can dump on it in the uh, podcast reviews or on Twitter, if you'd like. So before we get into all that, Wade, what's our ad for this week? Did somebody say playoffs, the NBA MLB? What a great segue by me, by the way, I didn't even plan on that. Wow. Yeah, you're welcome. Ruining my ad read. Yeah, I'm jumping in. It's a live read. The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Today in the uh, ninth inning, what do you think the live odds were? On seventh inning. Seventh inning. Sorry, on the Padres coming back. I know, but from now on, I'm always I'm always putting a dollar on it. Yeah, if you had put ten dollars, I think you'd be pretty rich on that one. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and prop bets for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino. You know my game is blackjack, and it never closes. <laughs> I never win. <laughs> <laughs> so, to head, so head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Did you? Well, first of all, I got two on, nobody out with Gary Richards pitching right now. So Yikes. Off to a good, I'd like to get off to a good start. Uh, 
It's, I feel like it's been a while since we got off to a good start. It's too bad. With this offense, yeah. I mean, you don't even need good starts. Do we need to have the heart heart attack come back every game? I, can we just, you know, I like the games where we win 11-2. Have we even had any of those? Yeah. I feel like we haven't. Didn't we just have one a couple of days ago? I don't know. We were playing Houston. Yeah, we blew Houston out in the first couple of innings. True. Um, Would love to play Texas teams all year round. I was just thinking about FAM recently because FAM. The F-A-M or P-H-A-M? God damn it. Yeah, the P-H. Okay. That's that's the new cool way to say fam, right? The pH, like your fat, pH fat, you know? Yeah. It's like fam is the pH fam. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyway, uh, he quietly, like I don't know if we've really talked about him a lot missing the year, but he could definitely miss the year. Hammett bone injuries. I, remember, I Every time I hear about a hammett bone, first of all, it's four to six weeks. And then when the players come back, they're not the same that year. Like he could either miss the year or when he does come back, his power, not that he was a big power bat, but his power just could be gone. Um, so that's going to affect the trade market, I think, for for what the Padres do. Does Fam come back? Does he? Do they plan on him not coming back? Do they go after a DH? Um, all that stuff. So we're going to talk about that later. Anyway, before we get into all that stuff. I never heard of half of these guys. And the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. The new uh, thing I saw on Baseball America about the, the five major shakeups that could happen to minor league baseball starting in 2021. So the, the MLB and the professional baseball agreement um, deal they have with minor league baseball uh, expired or set to expire on September 30th. So they're working on this whole new plan to negotiate a new agreement. This was like before even coronavirus was a thing so now that the coronavirus is a thing there's this, this whole no, whole nother set of issues that they have to worry about and it had to, it put a stop to all the negotiations it put a stop to spring training and the minor league season's been canceled it's a mess so they're set to uh reopen negotiations and jj cooper for baseball america has been reporting on what they've been talking about and i thought this was interesting that since we're primarily a a minor league baseball show and we we care about the prospects and this year there's no minor league games to talk about and there's no prospects to talk about unless they come up because we don't really get any access to what's going on at the alternate sites so jj cooper is reporting on a few things that could happen starting next year regarding the minor leagues and these are not set in stone by any measurement they're not this is not what's going to happen but these things are on the table and don't be surprised if you see a couple of these things happen for next year. So one, and some of these are kind of weird. So one is, well, obviously they're they're reducing the affiliates from 160, from 160 teams to 120 teams. And they're doing that um, primarily to increase the quality of the product. So it's not just it doesn't really have anything to do with the players, I don't think. So not the, not the on-field product. It has to do with the regulations of the stadiums and um, the number of fans. And like, think semi-pro. Like, why did they get rid of? Uh, by semi-pro, I mean the Will Ferrell movie. So think the of, Flint Tropics. Yeah. Why were they getting rid of the Flint Tropics? It kind of didn't have anything to do with how. Give me the ball. <laughs> Give me the ball. Give me the ball. It's one of my favorite scenes of all time. <laughs> if you played basketball, I think you love that movie. Um, underrated movie. So. It wasn't really the quality of the the players on that team. They were a pretty good team. Coffee Black, uh, 
Zabowskis, Zabuskis was the, the big guy's name that didn't speak English. I don't remember. Mannix, uh, Woody Harrelson. Anyway, they were a good team. But they kind of played in a crappy stadium. They didn't draw a lot of fans. The standards were just not up to the standard of the rest of the ABA. So they that's why they were cut. So it's kind of this – I feel like I'm getting the same kind of feel from this. They, they don't want these lower-level affiliates that aren't being taken care of by the – by the lead, the team or the or MLB, so where Brockmire had to go, yeah, I need to get back into Brockmire. I started it and haven't stayed with it. Pretty good show. It's solid. I think season three kind of fell off. I'm a big Amanda Pete fan. Love Amanda Pete. She was uh, in an episode of Seinfeld. Really? Yeah, probably way back. Terrible episode. Oh, she was that show. Was she was in her terrible. prime in that episode. She's still in her prime. Dated Jerry. Yeah. So. uh where was I going with this? The short season. This is number one still. <laughs> Easing into it. Short season ball and rookie advanced classifications could be eliminated. That is not going to impact the rookie level Arizona leagues or league and the Gulf Coast League or the Dominican Summer League. But they're talking about um, as, as the teams are being reduced, they're talking about getting rid of some of these short season or rookie leagues. So the draft hasn't been impacted long term yet. We don't know what the draft is going to look like starting next year. I'm imagining they're going to reduce by a few rounds. And honestly, that's not a thing. If you're Even if you're a big baseball fan, I don't think you should care too much about if they reduce the, the number of rounds a little bit. But we're going to see changes to the New York Penn League, um, the Appalachian League, the Northwest League, and they're going to be reclassifying some of these teams and they're going to be trying to move them closer to the major league affiliates and closer to the rest of the teams in their league. So, which, which I've always thought makes sense. These guys travel by bus. And so one of the biggest issues facing minor league players is quality of life off the field. And that has to do with where they stay, the 12 hour bus rides, like get that shit all out of here. It's, it's, this is your professional baseball players and you just get to stop at McDonald's and that's all you get to eat. Yeah. Like that's what we do in our summer league. You, you hit Taco Bell on the way home from LA, but this, uh, this is, you know, pro ball. Right. Like this, that's not what they should have to deal with. Number two, high class A and low class A could switch classifications. So impacting the Padres directly, the Lake Elsinore Storm would be a low class A affiliate. And the Fort Wayne. Uh, tin caps. Why, why did I blank? I almost called them the apples. Like what's the logo? It's an apple. Like, yeah, the tin caps could be the high class A team. So that's kind of strange and wonky. Uh, the Midwest leagues and the Southern leagues would operate as high class A Northwest league and mid Atlantic leagues um, would switch to. So Carolina league, California league, Florida state leagues would all be low A. They're doing that to, I don't know, this seems like kind of a stretch to me. They're doing it because they think the younger players who are coming in internationally will better adapt to professional baseball if they go to a warm weather state. So like who came up with that theory? That's this is on, this is via JJ Cooper. Well, that he was in the meeting. He's reporting on this. So that's what yeah. they're talking about. So it, it makes I a, guess it's like, I mean, I have a younger brother that went up to the Pacific Northwest for college and there's like some specific disease on like kids from Southern California uh, going to Pacific Northwest <laughs> colleges. So like at those schools, they have to give them like tanning beds was their solution. Like, so the kids can get tanning beds for free. What to the get, hell? Like, UV light. Would you ever use a tanning bed? No. <laughs> but like, there's like UV rooms. Cause like these kids get depressed cause there's no sun and they've like grown up in Southern California their whole life. So I guess I kind of get it. That's so weird. 
it's it's a little bit of that, but like you know, guys coming from South America, Central America, that you know are thrust into April baseball in Indiana. That's a huge, you know, adjustment they have to make, like to their like lives. Right. I kind of I kind of see it. So now instead of going to Indiana, just for example, the guy you signed from the Dominican is now going to the Florida Gulf Coast League or the California League. It's an easier transition. I get it. Uh, it does seem like a, a kind of a weird thing to do. Like if that's the only reason, it seems like it's kind of a stretch, but it does make sense for the for specifically just international guys. That's a grand slam. Not, so not Richards, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for showing up today, Garrett Richards. First inning grand slam. He's going up five. Marmalejos again. Jose Marmalejos, who hit one earlier. I have no idea who that guy is, and I like to think I pay attention to baseball and no prospects and don't know that guy at all. Five, nothing first inning, uh, turn the game off maybe. And that'll spark the offense for us. So that was number two. Number three, some leagues might split their seasons between Southern and Northern locations. This is also a weird one. We heard about the, the rays kind of doing this maybe last year, they wanted to split their time in Tampa and Montreal to extend the Fan base. You know, baseball fan base back into Canada and get some baseball in Montreal and Florida sucks in the middle of the summer anyway. So get out of that swamp town for a little bit. Um, That's kind of why they want to do it here. So the teams in the Florida state league that don't draw really well at the height of summer where the weather's not super great. Most of these are like small touristy towns where people go, um, on you know, vacation. Uh, they go on vacation. Yeah. People from New York go here on vacation and they have the a vacation house. Yeah. So they want to move these games back up there at the height of summer, back up to the So north. the snowbirds travel with the team? Or the team travels with the snowbirds. Yeah. Right. That'd be that'd be the idea there. So I don't really get this one either. It's minor league ball. These teams aren't drawing a yeah, ton Yeah, is your anyway. life revolving around the minor league team that you're moving north and south with yeah. this team? It seems like a lot of work to get a couple extra thousand fans. So I'm not sure about that one. But that's the plan. So I, w- I kind of would get it for the Arizona. I don't, the Arizona league, it would make sense too, because the weather is so bad in, Phoenix, in the Phoenix area during the height of summer that all the games are at night and it's 95 degrees anyway. So it's not a great time to go watch baseball in Arizona. Right. And you go out there to go to spring training and you see all these people like from Minnesota that just come out there. Yeah. You're there for spring training. Right. You're not there in July. Yeah. And this, the seasons do end earlier. It's rookie ball, but nobody who's going to a baseball game in July, even, even if it's at night, I, it's not one of, wouldn't be the top of my list to do on a regular basis. Like if I was there in July, uh, that is another home run that's shed long for the Mariners. It is six to zero. Thank you. Garrett Richards. So the fourth one, there could be a third AAA league formed. And this one's interesting because uh, I need to go through these a little quicker, but they used to have one in 1997, um, the AAA American Association, and then they folded it. Not really sure why. There's a huge group of teams in the Midwest that don't really fit in the, inter- in the International League or in the Pacific Coast League. And you have teams in the Pacific Coast League that are you know, not even in the Pacific time zone. So it's it's kind of wonky for minor league teams. Why, why do you have to make these guys travel so much on the bus when, you know, the minor league ball is hard enough without making these guys sit on the bus for eight hours. Right. 
So they're going to make potentially, I think this is the best one that I've heard so far is make a third league in the, in the Midwest where they're all in the same time zone. They're all close to each other. You borrow affiliates from the international league and from the Pacific coast league, stick them in this new Midwest league and boom, a lot, a lot of, the, a lot of your travel is solved. I think and tra- boom goes the dynamite. Thanks. And travel, I travel, I think is one of the biggest issues facing minor league teams. And this would make things a lot easier. I want to make, you know, travel easier at the major league level. Like why we don't play the angels every year regularly is boggles my mind. So why don't, why don't we fix minor league ball, make travel easier. And then maybe we can fix major league ball. The next step, the last one, the South Atlantic league could spin off a mid Atlantic league. So the South Atlantic league has been around since 2019. It has affiliates as far North as New Jersey and as far South as Georgia, which Again, travel. So that's 857 miles between these two affiliates. So what they want to do is tighten it, just tighten it up a little bit, you know, and then knocked up. Nice reference. Yeah. And they want to make a maybe a six team, a smaller league. These these leagues don't have to be huge. Make it, like guys are moving up and down all the time. Make it make it a six team league. That's fine with me. And you you tighten everything, make travel easier. So anything that has to do with travel, I'm for. And I think these last two are really good options. Did you hear anything in there that you liked or thought was too weird to implement and didn't make sense to you. I think there, I mean, everything somewhat makes sense. Uh, the weather reasons for the international players is a little funny to me. So you're taking these Northern cities. It must've been an issue for a lot of players and they've talked to their teams about it and maybe coaches just noticed like right. the dude sure, from yeah. Cuba who just got here is playing in the New York Penn league and it's, 46 degrees today right he can't play like yeah like what are we doing why are we i mean yeah like doesn't even know what clothes to bring never had to deal with inclement weather like me in ireland walking around in a t-shirt yeah i thought it would be warm right like not prepared for this at all (laughs) (laughs) um yeah who knew september in ireland was not that warm now we know so yeah a couple of those i think make a lot of sense that one was a little weird reasoning but the more you think about it like it's just an easy fix for them why don't we just switch the affiliates and make it you know more uh respectable Perdomo is in the game. Now Richards didn't make it out of the first. So Padre fans enjoying, uh, you know, listening to this recap two or three days later, potentially this is, this is not a good one unless we come back later. Never say never with this team. Let's get to the trade deadline. So Wade, there are not that many sellers this year in a shortened pandemic season. Who are the sellers? The the trade deadline is August 31st. There's a I made a short list. I think it's probably similar to a lot of lists out there. I didn't look at any other lists, but the Mariners, the Giants, the Red Sox, the Orioles, the Angels, the Rangers, and the Pirates. That is seven teams. And I think you could make a case that some of them even are probably not ready to sell right now. Like the Giants are making a run for some reason. Should they sell? Yeah, they, if they're honest with themselves, they should be selling. But you could talk me into some of these teams. You know, it, maybe it's more advantageous for them to just stay pat this year. Like, yeah, if we make the playoffs, cool. But we're not going to tank our own season like while we're doing well. Like that'll just alienate the hell out of our fan base. Do you know, does that make sense to you? Correct. Like, yes. If you're expected to be bad and you're outperforming, and you could sneak your way into this expanded playoff format, 
that that's like a Go huge for it. that's like a huge boost for you yeah. ment- mentally. Nothing else is going on. You're stuck at home. Like all you're living for is watching your team. And it's not like the ML- over exceeding. It's not like the MLB draft is the NBA draft where they're going to miss out. No, on, you can't. Yeah, tank. You're not going to miss out on Zion, right? Because you won a few extra games. So initially, I liked the idea of. I mean, looking at this group, the Red Sox, so Boston and Texas, both of whom we've worked with. In the past, obviously, um, doing multiple deals with both. And then Preller has ties to Texas. Heim Bloom, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the general manager for the Red Sox, uh, appears to be one of the more willing GMs to, to shake things up. He's already traded two relievers that I think Padre fans were looking at in Brennan Workman and Heath Embry. So they gone, but... He he maybe he has new GM syndrome where he's antsy and wants to build his team, um, but maybe if, even if it's not that they seem like they're more willing to do stuff as they kind of look at a rebuild. So Wade and I uh, were talking about guys that we kind of thought that we might want. Wade, who did you maybe not from these two teams specifically, but just in general when you're looking at this Padre team, who are some reasonable guys that you think? they should be going after is the, the trade deadlines in a few days. I mean, as I was looking at it, even now, just looking at this Garrett Richards fiasco, boondoggle, disaster, that's a good word. We need another starting pitcher. And if it's going to be three pitchers, starting five, whatever, starting three that we're going into the playoffs, we need another guy and we need another guy desperately, maybe even to head the staff up. It's funny because a couple days ago, and even as recently as today, I haven't really thought we needed a starting pitcher because unless you go out and get an ace, I don't think getting like a mid-rotation guy benefits this team a ton because I think we have right. a surplus of mid-rotation guys. I think guys. we need an ace. And I mean, there's a couple guys that are kind of reaches that I went after, but mm-hmm. I think there is some potential there. Let's reach. The first one is our boy, my boy, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I think that's just your boy. Okay, my boy, Trevor Bauer. He's a little unpredictable for me. And he would easily come on the staff and be the ace. If we made the playoffs, he would start game one over LeMay. No questions. The rotation lately has looked pretty vulnerable. And we really liked our big three kind of just even as recently as last week. LeMay, Richards, Paddock. And all three, for various reasons, have kind of looked meh lately. Right. And the only reason I am putting him out there is he's on a one-year deal. And he said that for oh, yeah. all future deals, he wants to just sign one-year deals. So you look at the Reds and they're – I didn't include the Reds on that list of teams looking to sell because I think they're off to a bad start right now. What are they, 11 and they're 17? They're 11 and 17 right yeah, now. Yeah, they're not off to a good start. And is it almost already too late for them to make a move? It might be. But they – They've built the team to try to compete this year. So I'd, I think they'd be hesitant right now to move a guy like Bauer. Right. But that's why you look at it. He only has a one-year contract. It's True. like $17 million. I don't know what that equates to this year. And yeah, this year's his, pro-rated, his pro-rated deal. I right. don't know what he's making. But if they're like, hey, we're just losing money this year on a one-year deal and we don't even know if he's going to be here next year, like why not get a prospect for him? Odds are I don't think he sticks around next year. Exactly. So Unless, why yeah. why not take a prospect for him? Um, yeah, he sounds like, you know, I, I didn't really consider Bauer. I didn't, I hadn't planned on going off and getting a, a big name starting pitcher. I kind of directed my 
theoretical trade focus on hitters or relievers, but yeah, Bow- if Bauer's gettable, I I definitely make the call to the Reds. I think Bauer's been playing with fire a little bit this year. His fly ball rate is the highest it's ever been, and his home rate is or his home run ball rate, I should say, is has gone down this season. So that's that's weird, and that's something you expect to regress back to the mean. Um, one of my favorite Statcast baseball terms: regress to the mean. So, has he been getting a little lucky? Yeah. Is he also having a good year? Yeah. So, Bauer, I don't like his personality. I don't know how he fits in the clubhouse. That's all stuff you have to consider too. I mean, he uh, he loves Tatis. True, supporter of Tatis, Southern California kid. Yeah. Okay. I think he'd be a good fit. Him and Machado, he, same agent. Actually, could, no. Never mind. He hates Machado's agent. Tatis just struck out. Could Bauer? Be gettable. So if if Bauer were on the Padres right now, and the Padres were off to an eleven and seventeen start, and he's on a one year deal for seventeen million dollars, and it's prorated, but still, um, he's making good money. Would you entertain trading him? Yes, for a prospect, even for even for like a mid level prospect, like not a top one hundred guy. I mean, if you know, and he probably has had discussions that he's not coming back next year. I don't think he's happy in Cincinnati. I think you definitely consider it. Yeah. Okay, so you've you've talked me into to Bauer a little bit. Uh, the biggest question I have with him would be how does he fit into the clubhouse? Because I don't want to mess up anything in the clubhouse, and he's a big personality. That's my only kind of hesitation with Bauer. But you you're not too worried about that. So the one problem with the clubhouse is he has major beef with Scott Boris, and the Padres have several players mm. that are with Scott Boris. So I don't know how that would play out. And well, I wouldn't really give a shit. Like if, if you're the, if you're a player on the team and another guy doesn't like your agent, you know, Boris isn't winning like any fan favorite awards. Yeah. And it's been pretty public on Twitter. Oh, it's been public. Yeah. Yeah. They have pretty serious beef. He's a beefy guy. Yeah. Bauer. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if he would fit in real well. So that's the one thing. But other than that, it's like the guy's there to win baseball games. And I think the Padres are trying to win baseball games. I think they can overcome that. That's a Machado home run. Is Machado hot right now? It's hard to tell. He's Hansel He's right now. He's fucking so hot right I've now. I've never seen anybody <laughs> so hot in my life. And he can turn left. He is good at turning left. I'll give him that. I was just thinking, like, if I was a, a pro baseball player, the thing I would do after home runs, different Zoolander poses at home plate. Magna. Do, do some blue steel. Do Ferrari it's the next glorious. one. glorious. <laughs> Have the guy in the Ong deck circle take your picture and like you're doing – after the game, yeah, yeah, I felt like I was doing Ferrari today. Ferrari was the, was the look. La Tigra. <laughs> and, then, and then the next day is like, yeah, I gave it La Tigra. Haven't busted that one out in a while. You know, It's been sitting in the holster, saving it for a special occasion. It's like, oh, no, that was blue steel today. Um, all right, who else did you like? You got one more for me. All right, my second one is picking from one of your teams on the list. And again, it is another starter, and that is Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's having a very good year. He's 4-0. He pitched well against us. He'd be our best starter if we got him. Again, yeah, he'd lead the rotation. If we were to make the playoffs, he'd be a first-game starter. He is going to cost the most in terms of prospects. Like, the, the only problem I have with Lance Lynn is he not only is he going to be really hard to get is that we're going to have to give up some top end talent. We're going to talk about prospects in a minute that would be involved in trades because those are the things that we're going to have to use to get him. Uh, I broke him in. We're going to talk about the tiers of prospects, 
he's going to cost, you know, multiple top tier prospects from any team that wants him. I think the Rangers know that. True. He would be a pitcher that has playoff experience, though, and can kind of show our young guys what being a playoff pitcher is all about. Is that what Garrett Richards' job currently is? Did he make the playoffs with the Angels? Maybe. When's the last time the Angels made the playoffs? He's 31. He's younger than us. He's the veteran of the staff. <laughs> so I think that's that's the, one of the reasons he's around. No, I don't know. What's his what's his contract look like? Do you know? Because I can't pull up shit on my computer right now. He is on a three-year, $30 million contract. Uh, he is a free agent in 2022. That's not bad. And if we get the Rangers to help out with some of the money, like are you – I think we need a starter. So it's like – Go get one. Definitely a starter. And he it, – it is nice that he – I mean he's a little older. But, you know, pitchers in this day and age have kind of started to age more gracefully, I think. Have you noticed that? Like older guy. It doesn't matter if you're 34 or 35 anymore. Right. 33 is the new 23. I don't want that. But uh, <laughs> it's nice that he's under control for a couple more years and at a reasonable salary and building the staff out. Um, I know that we need to make room for like Patino, Morihone. Gore, but if this year showed us anything, it's that you need depth in the rotation. And would it be the worst thing to go get the guy that would be the best pitcher on the staff? How could that be a bad thing? Right. You know? If if it means uh, that Gore is a swingman for a year, or Patino has to live in the bullpen for a year, those guys are super young anyway, and they're not necessarily being like ready to be thrown into the deep end of the pool. Why not go veteran route for another year? Go Lynn. Paddock, Lamette, Richards, resign Richards, obviously, and then Davies. Like that makes a lot of sense. So, thank you. I'm just, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate against the audience that hates us. So true. Charlie uh, Blackman. <laughs> Charlie Blackman. We'll see. I, I don't hate uh, Lance Lynn. We'll just we'll talk about prospects um, in a second again. Uh, who we who we would want to uh, be willing to part with. So I was looking at specifically the Red Sox here pretty hard. Because they've already shown that they are ready to move some guys, and that's you know smell like you know you're a shark and you smell blood in the water. That's kind of where I'm at right now, and uh, we have a history with the Red Sox. So initially, I thought you know maybe JD Martinez. Whoa, is the, is the shooting big, for the stars? Is the big boy DH bat? Um, there's different angles you can go at here. Um, I focused on. Hitters, hitters slash defense. Um, the bullpen, the bullpen is so deep. I kind of don't feel like we need to add another guy. Like somebody will figure it out by the end of the year. I think four guys will have figured out um, what they're supposed to do in the bullpen, and like their stuff will improve because the talent's too good. There's too many guys in there. Most of baseball is struggling in the bullpen. I think it has it has to be the start to the season, the the schedule, the number of off days, like the the expanded rosters, like all of this is just added up to struggling bullpens this year. It's not just us, right? And there isn't really any pieces to go after. No, I think you, I think you ride with what you have in the bullpen because I think they will figure it out. Pagan's too good. Pomeranz will come back. Stammen is too good. Hill Stamina. is too good. Like I think these guys will figure. It. I'm not. Let's hope so. They're not playing well, but I'm not really worried about. You're them. not done on them. No, I'm not done. And I don't think we need to add a 17th guy to the fucking bullpen. You, you as long as we send Garrett to the Sun, 
I'm done with Guerra. So I went, I'm not going JD. I thought about JD. JD's very expensive. He could opt out after this season. I don't want to give up the guys that it's going to take to get him. And he's an, he's not an outfield option. He, he He's a little stiff in the outfield and he's, I mean, he, he did it in Arizona. He played some, some left field or some right field. He did it in Detroit for a little bit, but he's much better as a DH only. And if Fam comes back at some point, Fam's the DH because I don't think we I don't think we want Fam in the outfield anymore. So I want my Fam in the outfield. God damn it! <laughs> so I'm going Mitch Moreland. So he's not a super popular uh, name out there right now. What he is is a left-handed bat, which the Padres could use a power bat. He's on a one-year deal, making just over $4 million, prorated again, that's not much money. So I don't think you need to rely on Boston eating a chunk of salary. So that saves you prospect capital. I think he's cheap. He's a DH option. He's a first base option. Not that, you know, he's very different from what Hosmer does. They're both, you know, left. You, you can't platoon him with Hosmer. So, um, but he'd be the, he'd be my first choice as a DH option going forward. And could you hide him in left field? Yeah, I think you could. He's cheap. He's having a very good season. He has a history of being the guy that comes in and gets hot for a few weeks or a few months during the season. Just recently, going back 2015, 27 home runs. 2016, he had 21 home runs. 2017, first year in Boston. Before that, he was in Texas. So 2017, Boston, 34 home runs. 2018, 23 home runs. Uh, 2019, missed some time. Only 17 home runs. And he's off to uh, a slow start in the power department this year. Oh, shit. I was reading the wrong numbers. I got to start over. <laughs> Those were doubles. So uh, going back to 2017, his first year in Boston, um, you know, his average, he's always around 250. So not going to hurt you. Not going to really be a big average guy, but um, hits around 250. Hit 22 home runs in 2017. Hit 15 in 2018 and just under uh, 400 at-bats. Hit 19 last year and, and 300 at-bats. So he's got power. Like He's always had power. He's been kind of the – if you play fantasy baseball, he's one of those guys you see get hot for a few weeks and then you pick him up and you're like, oh, he's, he's not that great. But those are shallower leagues. So this year he's hitting 292 with four home runs. He has a 320 on base. So what he does is provide power from the left side – He's cheap. You, you platoon him as a left-handed power bat, which I think the, the Padres could use in the lineup. Um, not going to walk a lot, but having a good year. And I think you know he, he's a veteran that's seen a lot of stuff. He's been on some Boston teams that have had success. He's been on some Ranger teams. So going back all the way to 2011, yeah. So he's, he's been on those Ranger teams that have had success too. That's how long, that's how long he's been around. So – I know he's not the sexiest name, but I kind of like the option of Mitch Moreland. If you want to just add a little piece to the offense, get the offense a little bit better, just more options, Mitch Moreland, come at me. And then the other guy I like is a defensive priority, and that's Kevin Pillar. Just blanked on his name for a second. So Kevin Pillar, kind of always just known for his defense, and I've been the guy on Padres Twitter that's been – um, tweeting that Trent Grisham's not a true center fielder. And that's not just my take, by the way. Like, Tr Trent Grisham has never grown up 
playing center field. It's like all you guys that wanted Taylor Trammell, specifically, I'm looking at Wade right now, that wants my boy, that wants Taylor Trammell to play center field. He's, he's just because you're passable in center field doesn't mean you're a center fielder. And we've seen Grisham play a good center field this year, above average center field this year. He's made some really nice plays. But it's it's a, it's been a really small sample size for him, so I don't trust. That doesn't mean I want him as my long term center fielder, um, you know, option. It's like oh, center field's done now. It's like when we traded for Upton, Kemp, and Myers, and you put Myers in center field. It's like, yeah, he can play it, but that doesn't mean I want him playing center field forever. So I I like Kevin Pilar. He's also having a good year in Boston. He's also on a one year deal and pretty cheap. He's hitting three forty two right now. With just the one home run, um, has been known to run a little bit. He doesn't have any stolen bases this year, but he's 31 years old. He's not he's not too old yet. He's got a lot in the tank. Veteran presence, gets on base, can steal, can hit for a little bit of pop. He's he's been a 20 homer guy um, as recently as last year. So he's not going to be like a top of the order hitter. I think he extends the lineup a little bit if you put him in like the six or seven or eight hole even i think that's a really good option and what he's going to do though is bring immediate stability and credibility to the outfield defense by being a gold glove caliber center fielder for the pot and i think once the playoffs start having a solid defense is something that's going to matter a lot especially with our pitching the way it is in the bullpen being as shaky as it's been why not go get a gold glove center fielder? Trent Grisham's fine. He's going to be even better in left field. If you like him in center, he's better in left. And then you just upgraded your outfield defense a ton. So what do you think about Kevin Pillar? I kind of like it. I th- I agree with you. I think our defense is lacking in the outfield. Um, I like adding a Cal State University Dominguez Hills alum, Go Toros. Nice. Um. I think I would rather go the Pilar route than the Mitch Moreland route. I think I would too. And if I had to pick one of these, if I had to make one trade to make, uh, not knowing what any of these guys cost, like Lance Lynn would be great, obviously. But I'd rather have Lynn over Bauer. Like if we're talking our two deals, like you gave me Bauer, I'd go Lynn. Yeah. Um, and if we're going my deals, Moreland or Pilar, I'd rather go Pilar. I would agree. So. I don't think the Potters are going to be super active. I do expect a a single trade possibly. I don't think it's going to be a big blockbuster trade that's going to shake up the team. Like I don't think they're going to go get a JD Martinez. Yeah, Preller's a big trader. He's not sitting pat. Yeah, he he's going to do something. Right. But I don't think it's going to be huge. And so like one of these under the radar deals, Kevin Pillar, one year deal, cheap gold glove defensive player. That's not a zero in the, uh, with the bat either. So like I think. Something like that seems like the type of deal that we're going to get done. And I don't think he's going to add another reliever. He's done his reliever deal already. The Tim Hill deal. So those are the guys. Uh, Before we get out of here, prospects. So we're going to be dealing prospects. If the the deal gets done, whether it's now or whether it's in the Mm offseason, we're dealing prospects. And one of these deals might hurt, you know, is guys that follow these prospects and like a lot of them. Something could hurt. So I've broken these into three tiers. We're going to ask Wade uh, what he thinks of the tiers or get Wade's tiers, actually, and I will comment on whether I agree or not. So the first tier is untouchables. You're not moving them in any deal. It doesn't matter who we're getting back, you know, within reason. Like 
if we're getting trout, yeah, you can have, you know, McKenzie. Let's get trout. I'll trade. I'll trade McKenzie. Trade the whole, yeah, trade everybody for okay, trout. So, <laughs> barring that, like we're not including those types of trades. But there are untouchable. There's an untouchable tier. The next tier is the. These need some work on the names. Maybe you can help me. The, I'm willing, but it's got to be good tier. And then the, sure, my heart won't break over that guy tier. So, the how the, many beers? tier <laughs> how many white claws tier sure uh obviously i think there's smaller tiers within that last group because not all those that's a really nice almost catch uh i think there's lots of smaller tiers within the sure my heart won't break over losing that guy group mm-hmm. um because there's just so many prospects but we're, we're for the purpose of this conversation we're just gonna have that one is one big tier so I'm going to start off with uh, – these are kind of in order, but as we as we go down the list here, we're just going to run through these quickly. They kind of get mixed up a little bit. So we'll see where, we'll see where your line is. Uh, starting with the first tier, the untouchables, is Mackenzie Gore in that tier for you? Yes. Luis Patino? Yes. C.J. Abrams? Yes. I agree with you so far. Taylor Trammell? Yes. Untouchable. For me, he's he's not untouchable. Wow. For, for me, he is in the uh I'm willing to listen and but it's gotta be really good group. Okay. So I I would deal him if the if the deal is right. I think my tier ends right there after those four. After him it's uh Luis Camposano. Yeah, he's in second tier for me. You're willing like you don't want to do it, but if, yeah. it, if it's the right deal. It's fine. Okay. Adrian Morejon. Tier two. Okay. Um, with you so far. Gabriel Arias. Tier three. So you've jumped down already. So he's no longer in the like willing, but it's got to be good. You're in the it won't break my heart group. Correct. Okay. I would leave Arias in the willing, but it's got to be good tier. He's in tier two for me. Ryan Weathers. Tier three. I've jumped down to tier three now. So Weathers had a really nice bounce back season and I was worried about his weight moving forward because there's nothing like an overweight pitcher at 19 coming in the pro ball uh, that you know doesn't bode well for your long-term success. I don't like that, but um, he's he's he lost a lot of weight and he's looked really good and he's at the alternate site right now and I've heard good things about him. So good for Ryan Weathers, but he is also in that tier three for me. Uh just we're gonna throw out some more names here and just see if any of these are po- possibly in tier two, but they're they're out of order. Hudson Head, three. Flying Hawaiian, I haven't seen. He didn't make the uh, alternate squad this year, did he? I want. I thought he did. I mean, he was having a really good year. I, I'd kind of be hurt. Okay, just because he was a guy that You're, you fell in love that came out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. So would you put him in the second tier? He's teetering. He's straddling the line? Yeah. How many white claws has Wade had today kind of tier? Correct. Okay. Uh, Tukabita? Eh, tier three. He's a guy I like too, but uh, you remember where he's from? It's the easiest question in the world. Tukabita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Santana? Reggie Preciado, Ismael Meta, 
Henderson Espinosa. Not in love with any of them. Those are some really big names, prospect wise. The Potters have a ton. So we I went through three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. That's sixteen prospects. And I could still I could keep going. There's a lot that I left out, but um it seems like the first for me it's the first three. The big three, as they're known, are untouchable. You have the big four. And then the, the next group is only Campusano, Morajon for you. And for me, it includes Arias. And then the rest are um, – like we didn't even talk about Owen Miller. We didn't talk about – oh, I meant to include him. Where's Robert Hassel for you? Untouchable. First-year player guy? Yeah. Like number one pick. Like right. We're not going to – like Right. So this season, untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I would agree. Um, let's see what he can do because like – Right, you can't like he guys with that pedigree. You don't at eighteen, yeah. You don't sell before you see what they do. Right, we did that with Trey Turner. That didn't turn out well. Yeah, that did not look good for us. And then look what like C.J. Abrams did. C.J. Abrams was kind of unanimously the sixth best prospect in his draft class, and he's moved up prospect boards really quickly in his first season. Right, and has become untouchable. So yeah, you kind of want to see what you have. Right. Um. I agree. So this year only Robert Hassel, untouchable. Interesting. Okay. Potter's on the board here. Bottom two. Got the bases loaded. 6-2. Two. two outs. Or uh, one out. Why not another Grand Slam? First and third. Sorry. We run came in. Oh. Um, no Grand Slams, but... A little chopper up the third base side. Seager. Uh, yeah, had no chance to get pro far there. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got our untouchables... We've got our, you know, willing to part with, and we've got our, you know, wouldn't break my heart groups. So let us know if you agree with those. Complain on a – I prefer you to complain on iTunes. That's where we kind of get our most of our complaints. So if you feel like complaining, that's the place to do it. Uh, I think that's going to do it. So that's a good show out of you, Wade. You cover We cover all the things you want to talk about. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Wade, thanks for showing up. Please follow the show's Twitter at Fire Farmhands. And if you enjoy, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. That was Wade. We'll talk to you next week. Stay up, fam. Just move on toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time. You can talk. I'm going to cut this all out. I can't have you putting it in at the end. True. If you say something stupid, I'll I'll get you on it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.